Welcome to Winning the Game of Life. Known as Jungle Man at the poker table, Dan Cates has gone from being the bag boy at McDonald's with no friends and a dead-end future to winning over $11 million in online poker, over $7 million in live tournaments, and is a World Series of Poker champion. He has found fame, fortune, been to incredible places all over the globe, and connected with some amazing people. It looks like Dan has won the game of life, but that is not the way he sees it. Dan sees winning as doing his part to help everyone in the world win. He knows he can't do it alone, though. He knows it's going to take a collective effort with anyone that wants to see the same thing. Join us each week as Dan starts the conversation to do just that. On the show, Dan will interview incredible individuals that have made the impossible possible. Those that have won the game of life and those that want to help others win as well. Hit subscribe and follow Dan's journey on Instagram at TheDanCates. Let's explore anyone and anything that can help make this world a better place, increasing the odds of us all winning the game of life. And now, here's your host, Dan Cates. What's up, everyone? It's Dan Cates. I'm here with another one of the legends of poker, Jeff Gross, who's had a stellar career track uh, in tournament poker, but also has, you know, he's played a lot in live games as well. He's known as the poker best friend in the poker world, thanks to his charming personality and his wide away array of friends. Uh, he originally had the dream of becoming a professional uh, soccer player, apparently, at uh, now has found success at the poker table. And not only has he had success at poker, but he's had, he's one of the more, would you say you're one of the most successful Twitch people from poker, Jeff? Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. I, I you know, I was on um, the years I was really active for three or four years. I mm-hmm. was in the, you know, final, the finalists of the, for the awards of top streamers. And I, I mean, I think that's fair. You know, last few years I haven't streamed quite as much, but, you know, I would definitely say, in the, in the, the handful of uh, known poker streamers, I, w- I would definitely say that's a, a fair statement for sure. Yeah. And you built your own brand in poker and, um, um, and to my knowledge, I'm also doing like quite some poker business along with that. Uh, from what I can tell, it seems like you've built something and it looks really organized and clean and looks really professional in comparison to um well, let's just say I'd like to emulate the kind of effort you've put in to your brand and how to, how you make it look and all that. And I know now you're also not only doing poker business, but you're having success in business as well outside of it. Is that fair to say? Yes, for sure. No, I, I think, you know, it's something where I, I feel like I've transitioned the last few years from playing live cash games and tournaments to focusing on Twitch, building a brand, and then ultimately, you know, kind of segueing even out from there to focus more on the business side of poker. But then in turn, you know, within crypto, NFTs, um, Mm -hmm. kind of market trends and what's hot, you know, feel like that I kind of, that's one of the benefits of playing poker is you get to meet a lot of interesting people. You get exposed to a lot of interesting ideas, concepts, thinking, you know, for, for your age, my age, you know, I'm 35. I think it's a pretty cool spot to be right now because you know, some of the older generate guys that you get to play with that are older, maybe in their fifties, sixties, even, and then you got the up and coming kind of prodigies or whiz kids. And, you know, like even like the NFTs and the stuff where it's like, I get it, I understand it. I'm in it, but there's kids that are like wizards, you know, at their own respect that are 18, 20, 21. So I'm kind of like in the middle where I get to kind of get the best of both worlds and bridge things and kind of connect the dots. So yeah, it's a fun time. It's a fun place. And, and for me, I've always loved business. I've always loved, um, you know, kind of building things and, and networking and social stuff. So yeah, Twitch was always a natural fit for me. And then playing live poker has been, been fun. And, you know, I, I like to think of myself as very balanced. Like I, I do a little bit of everything that the podcast got 150 episodes now, a little over uh, Twitch. I've streamed, I have 80,000 following done that for, for since like late 2015. So yeah, healthy five years, um, you know, YouTube video I've been doing since 2017, building vlogs and, and content that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's fun. You know, it's interesting. And then being on the business side of, of poker as well on some investments and opportunities such as State Kings, um, you know, Luxon, whatever. That'd be I can name a dozen, a dozen poker sort of related brands and things, even Brain Fuel, which I know you tried. Um, oh yeah, yeah, Brain Fuel. <laughs> and, uh, you know, 
that's maybe what you need right now. You said you're a little tired, but that'll that'll get you uh that'll that'll shoot you right up on uh energy levels. But um yeah, so anyway, I, I enjoy it. I think it's fun and I just kind of love being in the mix. And I think that part of poker it really gives you access to things when you have success, right? Like yourself being one of the most successful tournament cash game players in the world online and just kind of find yourself in some unique situations and opportunities and I think that's part of the fun of it is to, uh, you know, being, being the best or one of the best at something you do, you get to kind of be around like-minded people um, in other categories and stuff. And it's always fascinating to me, whether it's actors, athletes, chefs, doctors, lawyers, anyone that's like very successful. Generally, you know, there's a lot of hard work that goes into that, right? There's a lot of, you have to create your own luck. There, there's driving forces that happen, you know, like any, it's not just like the best actor in the world is like, oh, he's really good looking. Okay. You know, maybe is or isn't, but like there, there's, there's also a lot of things he's done well to become that, to, to, to be motivated, to be driven, to, to, to deal with failure, deal with successes. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that go into those to be the most successful in your whatever field it is. So I just think poker is one of those things where just like in basketball, you can't play the best player in the world and compete. It's poker and golf. Golf, you can handicap. Poker is very unique where anyone can sit down with whatever, you know, ability and, you know, you're able to compete, maybe not very well, but you can, you can play, you can win. And I think that's that unique thing where it's like a social environment where there's luck and skill combined. And um, it's just a great game that, that I love and uh, does, does definitely provide some fruits of the, of the, the labor, right? Where there's some nice benefits and things and, and interesting people and concepts, ideas you get to be exposed to. That was actually really well said. And uh, especially with the speed that you put in a ton of that information in there yeah it's a unique perspective poker is it is something that if you have a lot of success in and it's one of those uh, another thing about poker is that you don't have to be like the best in the world to necessarily have success um like you can like there are plenty of people who grind out like five ten or whatever and make decent money but yeah one of the cool things about poker as you says uh it's kind of like a bridge between a lot of worlds i didn't even think of like you know us being our age group of like bridge, being the bridge between younger, the younger and older generation. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you know how to use it right, you can be linked to some, some of the best in the world uh, in all sorts of things. I, I remember also you were, I, I recall you were good friends with Michael Phelps as an example. I mean, like that must've been really, really quite an experience. I met him myself actually, that was when I first met you, or was, I don't know if that was when I first met you or when I, the second time I met you, I might've met you in Vegas first and then met you guys in uh, Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, for sure. So Mike, you know, I met actually at a poker table in 2006 in Windsor, Canada. He was going to University of Michigan. I'm from Ann Arbor. It was a summertime um, and we met there playing poker and I moved in with him in 2008 in Baltimore after I finished school until 2015. Uh, we were living together. So yeah, I mean, I've known Mike's one of my best friends in the world, a lot of cool experiences and times. And, you know, even now do like daily fantasy golf, we'll do each week. And, and we talk a few times a week and he has three kids. I have one kid and both married, but um, yeah, for sure. You know, that was like a crazy time, you know, being from 2008, what I was like 22 till 29, basically living with him. So big, good prime of kind of fun. And, you know, when I was single and just traveling the world playing cards and, and that that was like definitely great memories and and times and uh yeah pretty pretty obviously unique you know being with you know mike being the greatest olympian of all time and the work ethic and kind of seeing some of the stuff he does to be successful and and what um you know what it takes and, and whatnot definitely also was was a nice kind of auxiliary like to rub off a little bit and in some respects right getting to see how that works and i'm not going to compare myself to him i'm just saying you, know, you get to kind of see like wow like here's a guy willing to do things that others aren't willing to do and, you know, that, that goes a long way in anything, any field, any, any life. Um, so I think that was something at least that I got to, to witness and, and, and take notes on and, and maybe hopefully um, absorb some of those, those characteristics. Yeah, that is one of the benefits of being close to people who are the best in their fields or, well, just being in that network, you know, just uh, see or, yeah, to absorb that, the mindsets of people who are, driven to win and that kind of thing um well the podcast isn't about michael tell us a bit about your background uh you grew up in michigan uh and what led you to you said you grew up in ann arbor is that right 
Yeah. Ann Arbor, Michigan, where University of Michigan is. Yeah. Okay. And what led you to become a professional poker player instead of a professional soccer player? Well, so soccer was my kind of passion in, in growing up. You know, I played the highest level in the area, being on a, a travel soccer team, um, playing on the Michigan Wolves was, was captain. We were number four in the country. Uh, once, yeah, number we won U16 and U17, the two biggest years. Um, we were state champions and whatever. We had success. It was fun. I played center mid, like attacking center midfield, uh, you know, basically number 10, right? Like the, the playmaker. I wasn't very fast. Um, not a sprinter could play, could run forever, but, um, yeah, it was great. You know, I, I love soccer. I, I attribute a lot of the, I'm an only child. So playing on a team, got a lot of, made a lot of friends, had a lot of fun, a lot of things, again, the, the team building and, and seeing winning and losing. I think it's a really, you can correlate sports to poker, right? You, there's like a lot of kind of lessons or similarities in these type of things. Um, but you know, ultimately I had a, I think cap on, on soccer. U S is also behind in the world a little bit. Of course, MLS now is doing better. Things have changed. But, you know, even like I remember the, the top players were getting like 40K, 60K a year coming out of this, this Project 40, I think it was called, um, hmm. to MLS. And just wasn't really, you know, I, well, let me not pretend that's the reason why I didn't go forward because like I, I just was not going to be playing professional soccer. I just did, you know, in college, I got there. Everyone was sort of the best and, and like from their respective areas. And my coach, and I didn't get along super well. And also just like the, the position I played, there was like juniors and seniors that were really, really, you know, world-class bigger. And so then like, it took me a little bit to get in. And then a couple of guys that came in were world-class um, when I was like a junior senior. And ultimately I didn't play much in college, but it was perfect. I kept in shape. I had a great team. It was sort of like being, um, you know, in a fraternity, but for soccer. So I'm training every day, keeping in shape, um, you know, had structure, had a scholarship, partially for academic, partially athletic. And it was great. Like I had an awesome time, but ultimately like I found poker in high school, probably like my junior year really started getting into that. And then freshman, sophomore year of college, that was my main focus and, and realized how much money there was in it. It was really big in the affiliate program with party poker at the time. They were giving crazy deals. I was signing up everyone in the dorms was playing a lot. And, um, you know, it was my passion and love. And I quickly kind of realized I wasn't going to play professional soccer just wasn't good enough. And, um, also what I kind of lost a little bit of the passion, right. I found this new thing and, it was just, just kind of, you, you know, you played college, uh, you played poker in college and kind of, you know, it, it's quickly, well, it was an exciting time. It was new. It was, oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't catch quite the, go ahead. Yeah, no, it was just, it was great. And it was like the right, it was kind of the beginning stages of, of the, the craze and it was just a lot of fun. And, you know, I was sort of, I, I knew right away, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. It's hard to compete with, poker in its glory years i missed that a little bit uh i still caught like kind of the back end of it i imagine if you're like getting bonuses from signing people up and making all the money and it's a job where you can have your freedom and money grows on trees it's hard to compete with that when the alternative is the world-class compete against the world-class players and in a, a sport yeah. Well, the other side of that is, though, to, to the right place, right time, though, I think I was just off, too, because, you know, I was playing 25 cent, 50 cent primarily and then one dollar, two dollar, like during those golden years. Like if I had been playing five, ten or ten, twenty, you know, it probably would have been exponentially better, um, but just kind of enough and did well. And it was fun. Similar to Twitch. Right. I started in 20 late 2015. So I had met my now wife, Amelia, at Burning Man in 2014. Um, we were dating at this time. And then I kind of had this idea to go into Twitch. But like to the same point, imagine Twitch was 10 years earlier. Imagine it was like when I started playing poker and, you know, found Twitch in 2015 or 20, 2005. Like there was Twitch and there was streaming and all that. It would have been that much better, right? I would have had like a 10-year extra start or window. So same hmm. kind of concept where I kind of caught the back end of like what now, cause now I'm 35 can't stream in the U S can't play on party or like it's like where I'm sponsored by. So it's like, it's not quite the same, right? I'm not, I have a two and a half year old. You've met Joseph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not going to like 
play out of my laptop around the world and shitty internet and travel the world with them and like play in a hotel room on a one monitor thing. You know, here in Miami, you can see my setup. I got four 38 inch monitors. Like, hey, I've seen it set up. <laughs> it's, it's mission control. I could probably launch, do some NASA work if they wanted to, to uh, contract me or, you know, whatever. I, I, it's like very comfortable. I got my nice chair, nice computer, nice mic. Everything's clean. I would love to wake up, stream three to five hours a day. And, and go nuts. But it, you know, it wasn't, I, I truly believe I was like at 40% capacity for streaming and stuff over the last few years. And that's kind of nice about podcasting that I can do it from my home. I can do it at my own speed. And that's also been a nice kind of compliment and, and fix. But um, you know, again, everything's not perfect. You just kind of got to roll with the punches and do your best to figure things out. And uh, you know, if it was easy, everyone would do it. So that, that's part of the, the barrier to entry. Um, mm-hmm. you know, congrats to you as well for starting the podcast and, and getting going. I know you've looked into the Twitch stuff and you actually have streamed on my Twitch. My channel is very popular when you're doing some heads up stuff with uh, Galfun, but um, it's fun. It's just, you can, you see it, you know, it's a lot of work. You, you realize like to do it, to, to get this equipment, to do the stuff, to, to do the tweets, to, to get the overlay, make the, yeah. all the shit. It's not just like, it doesn't just happen. So it is, you know, it's cool. It's fun. And I, I, I think that, um, you know, hats off to those that, that have done it and, and stuck with it because it is a, it is a, uh, you know, it's a grind, it's a journey. And, and, and I'm, I'm, it's really cool to see a lot of people that have, that have broken in and, and there's a lot of great streamers now in poker in particular. Yeah. You've, uh, you've been nice enough to show me what, uh, how much effort it takes to be a Twitcher. Is that what they call it? That, that feels a bit of a, that <laughs> um yeah i have to have the same setup as you i don't know if i uh if i could compete uh, no that's the beautiful thing that's only i was just doing a podcast earlier today and explain about like the thing that what the question was like what does it take or what just take the first step because you don't you just need a camera you just need to have the obs you know just get going because it doesn't matter initially you tell a couple friends maybe a few family members maybe you catch a raid in a, in a few after a few streams from a streamer or someone you know or someone a friend who has a thing so like you just got to start like all the other stuff the bells and whistles and then the upgraded graphics and avatars and slogans and banners and all that shit like it doesn't really matter right like if you want to do it and you love it just go for it and like who cares like i don't remember my my first streams i mean I, they're buried in the internet somewhere and they were like everything was different and, and and low quality and you know i was out of a hotel room in uruguay and barely could get off the ground streaming but you know just you just do it and and, and if you love it and stick with it you know i think uh it can be it can be great so i just say just start don't worry about all the, the fancy you don't need all the the, the good all the top end gear and, and equipment that would be well, for any, yeah for any of those watching uh and want to stream there you go that is kind of the way to do a lot of things you just kind of hop in there and do it and then learn along the way it's uh feels yeah it feels like it's kind of how i did the podcast a little bit but i had a lot of help um speaking of which let's see let's see that setup if you got a picture of that that would be great because that really is a picture of winning that that's uh in my opinion, I, I have, I mean, I, I can, so it's, it'd be hard for me to move my camera and do that, but I could send you pictures or you could, in, I don't know if you can add it or insert it. You can send a picture. You can send a picture. We can show who's ever watching. Yeah. It's uh, I could find it on Instagram as well. I actually, I actually, I'll just show it, tell you, and then you can either, I don't know if you have a setting to push it on or not, but there is a, I, I did a post maybe like a month ago, which I could easily find and send you where I, posted a picture on my Instagram of every, pretty much every setup I've ever had, even back in college when I used to play online, then like mm-hmm. different setups I have for streaming and such. So I, I'll send you that. It's cool. It's Actually, cool. that would be cool. Yeah. I'll find that, but. Be cool to witness the evolution of Jeff Gross. Yeah, it's, been, it's definitely been a lot of, uh, you know, changes over the years, no doubt. You're very active on social media and you've built a brand around yourself. Um, what uh what has inspired you to take this kind of direction? Um, you know, I I just like I enjoy I enjoy memory. Kind of call it, you know, Bill Perkins wrote that book, Die with Zero Memory Dividends, he calls it. Like I just love it's almost like a fancy journal. Like I love 
to document things. So it's like, hmm. when I look get older, you know, I look at my YouTube channel and the Vegas stuff blends together, right? Like you've been there how many years, you know, cashing tournaments or playing cash games. But when I go back and it's like, I have friends in town or, you know, I have a deep run or meet some cool people or do a little blip. Like it's kind of fun because now like that's forever. Like I, I assuming YouTube stays in business, which you know, things do change, right? MySpace, other things don't. I have the files, I have the stuff, but like having YouTube videos up, having podcasts up, having it on outlets, like this is stuff that's just recorded. It's there. You know, like Mike Sexton, rest in peace, did a three hour podcast with him. I didn't even know he was sick. It was a couple months before he passed away. But like, that's something that, you know, Mike was a friend, but you know, we have phone calls and text messages. Those kind of like are what they are. But like now I have something. If I want to go back and look at talking to Mike or listen to some of his stories, like I have that, you know, it's like a, it's like a, it's a, uh, thing. Same thing with podcasting. You know, you get to know someone, you get to talk to someone, you can go back, people get to enjoy it, use repurpose it. And you know, for me, I think it's just something that um, I really enjoy. Same thing with Twitch, like online poker. You know, it's fun. I have some great moments, some bad moments, some crazy beats, some epic clips that are like funny. When I look back when I'm, you know, I'm 35 and I'm 55 or in 10 years, my son or a show, I'm like, yeah, look, hey, I used to play poker. Oh, well, yeah, actually I streamed as well. And look, here's a uh, here's some results or I won a tournament or, you know, this, that, or the other, there's just, it's just kind of cool. It's fun. It's memories. Friends and I still joke like my T show known as the black cloud, you know, like some unbelievable timing moments, like where you can't even make it up. And it's like, I have that on stream and people still talk about it to this day. This is like five years ago. And it's like, it's just funny. It's fun. Right. Like versus someone who plays online poker and doesn't have a Twitch stream doesn't say, you know I'm saying? Like, it's just different. It's a different experience. It's a different thing. You do sacrifice some play, right? Probably like when you're out streaming and you got eight tables or four tables and you're watching the chat and you're, you're managing stuff and looking at stuff, you're not fully present and focused, but ultimately you're making a sacrifice a bit for something else. And as long as you're aware of that, that you are doing something that you're not a hundred percent, like that was a big learning for me with Elliot Rowe. You know, I work with him and like, and he, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I looked at my, my results, my first two ever losing World Series was 17 and 18. I had always had in the black in tournaments, which is, you know, unusual, but was it was true. Like 10 years of winning, final tables, like doing well. And then I had, uh, excuse me, my first losing year. And then another losing year. Not like crazy, but it like not the results weren't right there. And I looked and was talking to Elliot and like I started clicked. I was like, wow, like I'm going late to tournaments, super late registering. I'm busy. I'm not present. I'm filming at the table. I'm filming away. I'm missing hand, like missing what's going on and all that. But then again, like there's a benefit to that. You know, you get some sponsorships, commentary deals, affiliate deals, access, um, different things, but you're also maybe your actual results are, 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 are diminishing some. So like, that's, that's an important distinction to be aware of. You don't have to like, it's one thing to be oblivious. It's another to be aware. As long as you're aware and make that choice, that that's happening, then you're okay with it. Cause if not, then you could be like, wow, like you start getting told to like, man, I'm not winning or I'm playing worse or why is this happening? So, you know, that was, that was sort of like a big sort of realization and something to just realize that I am sacrificing a bit of probably EV and results to mm. do this other, other path of like content, if you will. So that was a big learning. I wish you could teach me the skill of enjoying documenting. I can't say I've got that one. It's an acquired taste. It's also, you know, like the Gary Vee method in my dream world would be, I would have a few people follow me around, um, whether or whatever, and just have to do nothing. Cause like, that's the hard part. Like I love streaming. I love doing podcasts, but like coming up the wording, doing the banners, organ, you know, organizing the scheduling back and forth. Like it takes a lot of time, even for a podcast, right? Like you're in, you're in a different part of the world. I'm in Miami, you know, time zones, lining it up. When can you do it? That I had mic issues earlier. You know, it's just, it's just, it's a lot, right? Like, and then you got to get it. You got to send it to someone. They, then you either let them upload it and do it how they want, or you edit it yourself or, or make the, the thumbnail and the wordings. So, you know, it's all about like having a team and outsourcing. I think like someone who really embodies that is Gary V. He's got like 40 employees. The guy just walks around. He's a human highlight. Like whether you like him or don't like him, what his message is like, the guy's on everything. He's got TikTok going out every day, Facebook every day. He's a, he's literally a content reel and he does, but like, guess what now? He just lives. He just like goes about his thing, does his talks, does his podcast. He's got assistants on his left and right. And he's just like, you know, he, 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 he's, he's figured out a way, you know, to do that, to work smarter, not harder. And that's something that I'm always trying to work on and get better at as well. Cause there's so many times where I'm doing stuff that I, 
don't necessarily want to do, but like I either can't let go of the control or I just haven't found a system yet to make it make sense. Um, and you know, it's something that I think I'm always, they're always working to, to improve. And that that's an area I think that I can improve on. And, and, you know, it takes money to make money. Sometimes adding someone or paying a monthly salary or something, maybe in the moment, like, I don't know if I want to do that or hit that expense, but ultimately it's usually a net positive because you're, you're, it's like break even or better, or it has auxiliary benefits. Like, sorry, I'm talking a lot, but I'll just give you like an example on <clears throat> Twitch and YouTube, right? I make mm -hmm. very little money from actually streaming on Twitch with subscriptions or donations or whatever, or YouTube. Like when I, I Doug Polk, I actually spoke with him originally when I started a YouTube channel and we were talking about numbers and, and figuring out stuff. Like, I mean, I, it's shocking. Like you, I don't know what you would guess. Like, let's just say depending it based on metrics and views per video and all this stuff, like it's not a lot of money, but guess what? I have a raise your edge affiliate deal. I get paid by certain things to do stuff. You know, I have a deal with card chat. I have my deal with party poker. I do commentary for Triton. Like there's all these kind of auxiliary things that because you do stuff and people, you have exposure and do things that generate value. But my actual bottom line on the Twitch sheet or the YouTube, it's peanuts. It would be like, people like, what the hell are you doing? Why would you do that? You know? So like that, that's kind of another important distinction. And I get asked that a lot. Like how much do you make on these things? And it's like, that's not really how it works. Right. That's not the bread and butter. That's just kind of like, you know, a something that's important to have if you want to be into content and whatnot. So yeah, it, you remind me actually a um, couple things. Uh, firstly, the whole point about working smarter and not harder is really astute, especially when you can delegate the tasks to other people. And I'm thinking of myself as listening to you, and I'm thinking, well, shit, I'm not doing everything I want myself. Maybe I need to hire some people. Um, or like, look at whatever Gary Vee is doing because man, he does put out a lot of content. And even like somewhere in the back of my mind, I was thinking, what is this guy doing? I mean, you put out a lot of content. Actually, you make it look so, you make it look so easy, is the thing from my perspective and having knowing you. But I don't know how busy you really are. But you have a, like a kid. I don't have any kids or anything like that. But uh, you know, it's so it's someone too. Like when I you know, having a wife like Amelia, who you know as well. You know, she's very very has me very grounded and organized and focused and motivated because you could argue being single you know like i'm sometimes i'm like well if i didn't have a kid if i didn't have a meal like it would be easier i do more but in a lot of respects like i feel like having that 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 child you know being mo like oh they're gonna go to college they're gonna have this they're gonna have that need to make this they have school they have this all these different things you know you work harder and smarter and then even then it's like all right well how do you have time but okay well I know what time he goes to school. I know what time he's done. I know what time he goes to bed. I can arrange my day and schedule to try to be with him or not, right? Like I can do my best. Like there's way I can just not do things at certain times or I can go to sleep at this time or wake up at this time, spend time or just turn off my phone during those things. So yeah, it's a bit overwhelming, but at the same time, you know, I think if anything, I'm more, since I met my wife, um, you know, I had, uh, that's why I started Twitch. I started YouTube. I, I wasn't even doing that stuff before and then have a start mm. the last two years. So you know, I don't think it's necessarily, you know, I asked that too, like Gary Vee has kids, this guy, Brad Lee, who I don't know was probably, wow. was he's got kids, kids too. Kids. What the, huh. yeah, a lot of kids, this guy, Brad Lee has like seven kids and he's a mo he's like, he was one of the more impressive people I met insane setup, insane studio, just a, you know, a content create like pump a guy, but you know, he's, he's juggling a lot too, but guess what? Like it's, you know, these guys all have kids, Elon Musk and whoever, right? Bill Gates, like people have kids, they have other responsibilities, they have, they have things they're working on. And uh, ultimately, I think, you know, you, you can be organized and get a lot done. It just kind of, sometimes you have to step back, take a minute and, and, and realize, think about what you're doing, what's working, what's not working. And it's easy to just go through the motions and just keep going and doing the same thing um, and, and maybe not getting the best results as you can. So that's something I always try to work on and look at. And even me, I'm like, you know, like, it's funny because you say, Oh, it looks like you put out a lot of content and stuff in my mind. Like I'm not doing a very good job in a lot of respects, like where YouTube highlights, like I have, I probably have 25 videos from my Twitch streams that should be highlights that are backed up now. And now they're actually like, it's been months. So like, sure they'll come out. But when you put out a video that's like from a month or two ago, it's got a little less allure. Like even on my, my uh, YouTube channel, like I, had, you know, Negron, you put out 52 vlogs. He was doing just like a camera recording and like uploading and had whatever, but he had a system. Okay, seeing him in action. <laughs> yeah, like he, you know, so like he's got a system. So it's like what works or what doesn't, you know, everyone's got their own things, but you know, I'm always like, I'm always like, here's my other thing. 
I've also put my head down and I have a library. We, you've been on my podcast twice. I have 150 plus podcasts. Guess what? There's great clips in those podcasts. There's like moments. So like when you win a bracelet, congrats again, getting it done. We actually had a final table simultaneously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember saying that. Some guys get bit, but, you know, everyone's got style. So you take that down. But so there should be a pot. There should be a clip the next day. Congrats, Jungle Man, and a clip from our podcast, like about some random thing. Like this is something where you get like a library. At some point, you have so much stuff that you can have a library. And then you need someone to go through and organize it, tag it, clips, have it ready. Like these are things I'm working on. I have Trello's and organization, but yeah, I should probably hire someone else. And like literally, like there's no reason I shouldn't have two or three clips a day, just like running bam, bam, bam. So, you know, it shouldn't like I feel like it's a struggle for me to go back, watch some video, find stuff tag it then i you know i gotta get the clip send it to my team do the wording i would much rather just like have someone going through and doing it right and like just have it so i have some of that but it's not quite there yet it's not quite perfect and it should it, you know that's the next step i wonder if you could just hire like like a really big fan of yours and just have them do that like would that not make sense yeah, I think, you know, to some degree, but then again, you got to manage the person, you got to pay them, you got to, you got to work it out, you got to give them access to certain things, or, you know, there has to be a process. You know, it's, it's tricky, right? But yeah, of course, like the right answer would be sure. At like tweet out something, hey, looking for some people to work on some media and do clips and tweet it out. I probably, and then you, I know a few that are really into it and like they definitely would be great at it. So like I could do it, but, there's still like a thought in it. There's a process in it. And, you know, you just got to, that's the thing though. Of course, that's worth it to take an hour, two or three, organize it, set up a team, let someone manage it and just let them go to town. That probably is a great idea. You know, they wouldn't even, it wouldn't cost that much. It would be like a nominal thing. You'd pay like whatever. And then you'd have all this fuck, this content ready to rock. So, you know, there's something there. Um, that's just something that, uh, yeah, that, that's just, that's, that's just like, trust me, I got a ton of ideas ton of stuff and, and just kind of moving forward and, and progressing day by day. But um, I, I like that idea. I have thought of something like that. I just, you know, there are a lot of good ideas, Jungle. It's all about execution. Yeah, there there are. Um, I feel like I'm backed up myself. Uh, I'm even thinking, I'm thinking I need to take a step back and I, I'm likely too soon. I've got like another thing. It's like I've got things blowing up uh, in my face all the time. But uh that's a topic for another time. I even feel like we're getting more into like the business aspects um, of, well, of where poker could go with social media and all that. Um, and how do you actually organize your time and how do you, like, this is sort of, yeah, this is sort of in the direction of, of uh, like, it's similar in some ways to running a business, you could say. Or mm, I'm trying to think if it's relevant to doing things like investing. It has been for me. What are your thoughts on that? Or is it just something that's happened to do with social media and that, that aspect of your life, would you say? Are you almost so much you're saying how to like be not distracted or how so how do you balance social media? How do how you organize your time and how do you delegate various tasks and that sort of thing? Um yeah, it's tricky, especially though, like for the pluses and minuses of being a professional poker player or you know, being able to play like the obvious the obvious benefits are scheduling, like that you have your own schedule at your own time. The other side of that though is that you don't, you know there's events going on or cash games happen or things happen where you can't really exactly plan. Right. So it's like you're free, but you're also kind of um, not really able to plan so far in advance sometimes or have conflicting things. So um, I don't know. I mean, in terms of like social media and stuff, it's part of like my business and, and what I do. So it's like important to be aware of things, to be seeing who's doing what, what's happening, how things are going, also learning like different, you know, new things are happening on Instagram, IGTV, Reels, like there's all this different stuff you kind of need to be aware of and see what's working and not. So, you know, I, I justify being on it a bit more with like almost like research or, or just being alert. But, you know, it does take up a lot of time all of a sudden. So Twitch, um, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, well, Twitter, 
Instagram, all these different things, right? You can catch yourself. Like, I don't have to, I don't watch other streamers. I don't really want, like, I'll check in. I'll take a, like, take a peep, see what's going on. Maybe look at their overlay or whatever. Um, and same thing on Instagram, you know, I, I look at screen time and I'm definitely very, very much so involved, but um, I don't have like a set schedule really. I think my, my real priorities are my, my family, my son and my, my wife. Um, yeah. trying to like balance around the schedule of what's that well you know i ask her to give me a heads up on certain things understand what's going on you know i have a, i know a time my son goes to school a time he comes back i usually like to pick him up or take him or both you know it's pretty close not a hard thing to do and i think it goes a long way i definitely have to put him to bed you know read him a story or whatever when i can like that kind of stuff is important to me um but you know i, I think it's just like we all try to do our best and it's also like a very peak time of life like where we're in sort of our peak work mode and, and grind so it's like you know i listen i would love nothing more than spend all day long with my son and, and just be you know play soccer with him all day and 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 do stuff but like the reality is i want to work i want to provide i want to generate you know i think a lot of the foundation is now like a lot of the stuff we do like the harder you work and the more you do the more you know you set yourself up for for future um to to be relaxed and comfortable so it's just a balance i think that's the biggest word in life is balance and, and just realizing that you know, that's important too, to not just be like, oh, I'm just going to work hard for like a month straight and not pay attention to my family, or I'm going to be with my family for a month and disregard everything. I don't think that really works. You know, it's just not good for everyone. I think that the, the key is balance. Try to keep it as much as you can down the center of the fairway. Um, and of course, during the WSOP or during like an intense Twitch week or, um, you know, certain things happen or you got to go or, or make changes and do things. But ultimately, I think that the, the key is to try to keep it as, you know, routine as you can. Uh, and then, and then, you know, adjust along the way when, when do, when you do get a little out of your norm. So that, that's my best, best practice. And I feel like when I'm the happiest and things are going the best is when I'm, when I'm in that zone. I feel like a lot of, uh, poker players that struggling, well, I'm thinking in my head, if the poker players that are struggling to make it to the next level, you could say, or like grinding really hard, they, they may have something to learn from that sort of example that you provided about balance. Like I remember as, as a grinder, but I had no, no obligations or anything like that. When I like focused full throttle on poker, it did eventually, mm, it made other areas of my, of my life suffer at some point, I should say. Uh, it wasn't so obvious. But, uh, yeah, and eventually it had long-term consequences for me when I, when I was in this, like, totally obsessive mode and just bent on success. Uh, and you kind of led into another question I was going to ask. Um, pretty much from what I can tell, you're, you're basically living the dream. I mean, you've got – it seems like you've got a happy marriage. You've got great friends. You're living it up in Miami. And – uh you know, you're doing well in business and in poker and all that. Uh, by all accounts, you could say that you're a winner. And uh, I was going to, my question to you was, what does it mean to you to, to define winning? But it, it sounds like balance is a big part of that. Or would you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I think balance is important. I think that, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I like, I look at, I look at poker as like so many metaphors for life. Like, so it's such a long game. There's variants, right? Like it's like in poker, you may, you know, look at, look at what happened in your bracelet, like the craziest hand maybe of all time. <laughs> this guy holds half a big blind. It's not even really real, real life. And you come back from being super short out, just like half a blind call river top pair. I don't know. Anyway. And then you win the bracelet, you know, it's just like things happen. Like that's, that's like a crazy run good. Right. And then there's like in life and having healthy family or, or a child or, you know, whatever perspective, I think it's just like really important to put it in perspective, you know, variants. And obviously you could start with the easy one is gratitude about being alive, you know, one in trillions to be alive, you know, and then if you kind of take it from there, you know, you can kind of like work backwards and then go from like, you know, it's all perspective. There's always someone richer, this, that, whatever, you know, more healthy, mm -hmm. it's like you can compare yourself to anything, but ultimately, um, you know, I think gratitude is important to start with. And then, and about winning and stuff like, look, you know, I, I, I work hard. I'm very comfortable, um, you know, in my job and what I love, I just finding basically ultimately it's happiness to me is loving what you do. I mean, that, that's like, you, it's cliche, but it's true. If you're happy, you go to work and you do what you want to do. Um, that's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. And for me, 
you know, I'm very fortunate that is the case. Uh, again, Amelia is amazing, very supportive uh, wife, and we have, we do have a great relationship. And hopefully, we can have more kids. We have one. Um, you know, that's that's the the goal. But um, you know, I, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. But ultimately, yeah, look, I live where I want to live. I work with what I want to work. I do what I like. I what I do, and all all, all anything else in that's kind of just like gravy on top. You know, if I win a bracelet or final table or have a big score or business goes well, that's all great. But ultimately, I just want to put myself in good positions around good people, being good, you know, spots. And, um, you know, the rest kind of is what it is. The chips fall where they fall and you do your best. And, and you know, I believe about, um, you know, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. That's like ultimately kind of how I try to live. That's that's really, that's it. That's how I, that's how I look at life. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I could say you could boil luck down a luck meeting. Did you say luck? Well, I was thinking preparation meets preparation meets luck, something like that. Was that what you said, or was it luck? Luck meeting opportunity? No, like, is, I'm saying luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Oh, okay, okay, I see. Okay, that's that. Someone said that. That's like a you know famous quote. I think Martin Jacobson also quoted that in. Um, and when he won the main event, but you know, that's something I've always just like that. That's like, I'm a big believer in that. Like people, it's the same thing in poker with luck. Like, yeah, man, this guy won whatever, but like, no, like the guy was super prepared. He got some good cards, good situations, things went his way, but you know, you better believe that he was ready for the moment. He's not up there just like, Oh, like, I I hope I, you know, I don't know how to play heads up or I don't know how to play 20 blinds. Like, no, like the guy's ready, you know, and, and you, you know how to, you, you worked on these games, you end up winning, the 50k players championship and like yeah you were ready you know you were you were willing and able to do that you didn't just like find your way and some random guy said hey i'll put you in you don't know how to play like (laughs) to play the games and you know you give yourself an opportunity and then you you got uh lucky in theory in some spots but you were prepared and um you had the opportunity so yeah I, i think that's just like a good baseline sort of mindset well it's best to be prepared to hit the ball out of the, um, prepare an act as though you're going to hit the ball out of the park. You could say, uh, that's really maximize what, uh, whatever bait brings you. Well, that's kind of how poker really works. I feel like there's some kind of thing for that one. Another thing my dad taught me and he, he would always like show this, this saying to me and tell me is like, win as if you expect it and lose as if you like it. Um, which I think is very powerful, especially in you know poker, because when you win, you want to be humble. You know, it's like you, you don't need to fist pump and cheer and like go crazy. Now, when that hand happened, of course, you were excited. And that was like, the, that's allowed. But I'm saying as a general default, you know, like you want to just like, yeah, okay, I won the pot or I won the tournament. And it's like, yeah, I expect, you know, I expect it like that. I'm not shocked and like crazy. But when you lose, you know, and don't hit the table and like, or like no it's okay to show some emotion but you know also like that guy who loses and he's smiling and he's happy is a lot more scary and you realize he's got his shit together than someone that's like loses on the river a bad beat and he's like cursing and standing up and you know f- freaking out uh, as like as a norm like sure there's moments or times where it's just gonna happen because it's so intense so extreme and so crazy but like as a default if you're playing with a cash game with a guy and every time he loses a pot you know he's just like he just can't take it and he's slamming the, the cards and cursing the dealer that guy's probably got some problems at home or in his business or in his life like there's probably something else there you know that's like you you just don't you want it when you lose it when you when a guy takes a two outer on the river and he's just kind of like laughing or doesn't say anything you're just like all right you know it doesn't like look around like the wow the world is me woe is me that guy's like all right that guy's probably loaded he's probably got his shit together he's probably everything's okay at home and you know he's the guy i want to be around like and also someone i'm not going to attack when I see a guy on tilt and losing his shit, that's someone you go at, you three bet, you mess with, you want to put him in uncomfortable situations, you know? So I think that's like a strategic, also kind of good, good mindset to have. If you figure out how to be uh, totally Zen, some people have apparently figured it out or they're just like this or whatever. Whenever you lose all the time, let me know. Um, uh, we'll... the record. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't show any emotion. I, I love showing emotion. I show emotion on Twitter. My point is like, as a good baseline, you want to be as close to that as you can. Because I agree, yeah, I agree. You no, know, you're too outed, or like, trust me, I've cursed and thrown shit and fallen out of my chair streaming and can't believe it. I'm just saying, like, every time I lose a pot, I'm not like, you know, like, like the world's ending. But yo, know, in a dramatic situation, intense, I, you know, money and and sit, beats and the crazier it is, of course, you're like, 
not supposed to be a robot either. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, but I'm just saying, you know, I think that's, that's a, a good, good, like fundamentally try to keep that close as you can to those things. And of course you'll deviate a bit and we all have breakdowns, but yeah. Be a Zen monk at the poker table. I, uh, I tried to turn it into something funny and then normally I personally get caught up in the emotion. It happens. That's uh, been my method for that. Um, oh yeah. I, you know, I haven't really heard you talk about this that much, but you have a reputation. Well, I mean, it is actually, you know what? I feel like I haven't heard you talk about it that much, but you have a reputation for talking a lot about energy and flow. It is the name of, uh, uh, you know, it's the name of the show, your show, the flow show and all that. I know this. Um, are you still a big believer in flow? Um, explain that a little bit for me, for the audience rather. Uh, yeah, of course. I love it. I just, uh, the word, I love the word flow. I just think it's like really just powerful and about life and, and energy to move forward and, and be constantly kind of moving, progressing. Um, but yeah, it also rhymes flow show poker flow show. That's the, the name of it. I just kind of always liked it. And, um, but yeah, that word to me is just beautiful. It looks beautiful. It is beautiful. And I'm a big, big believer in that, you know, constant, constant movement and, and constant kind of letting things progress and go as they should don't bottle things up or stop, you know, stop growing, stop learning. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I love it. I believe in it. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was definitely, you know, very pure and, and, and easy decision for me to kind of have my sort of uh, brand be based around that because of, because of that. So, um, Yes. Actually, my dad sent me an article maybe a month ago and I, I need to, I should, it's actually embarrassing. I haven't read it. I, I'm going to pull, I'll just like the title of it. Cause I need <laughs> does anyone always read the articles that people send them? Because like, I've got like a list. I started making a list of articles people send me to like read them later. That <laughs> maybe, maybe you've got this problem too, as a no, guy. No, I, I do this all the time. I actually have a folder in my email for called newspaper articles. And I just like, default now lately it's been too crazy i just po i just like push them all in there um and and i don't but this okay here it is the guy's name is my holly i'm probably saying it wrong m-i-h-a-l-y and i'm wow craziest last name i've ever heard maybe c-s-i-k-s-z-e-n-t-m-i-h-a-l-y-i so like they call him the father of flow he dies at 87 years old father of flow yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, here it is. It says his work as a psychologist on the benefits of intense focus led to a global bestseller, a term that became a cultural touchstone and new ideas about the path to happiness. Um, that's it with his bestselling book. He helped them make, make concept of flow, cultural phenomenon. So he passed away at 87, but my dad sent that to me. I, it's actually, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's how busy I feel. I'm going to read that today because I have it up here. And I, I'm embarrassed I haven't read this because like I actually was going to make like an Instagram post about it. Like, you know, even like this guy, like the flow, he's, you know, passed away. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to see it. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you the article actually here. I, I sent you my setup Instagram, that, that thing as well. So um, I'm curious about the father of flow. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. So anyway, yeah, flow is good. Flow is powerful. Flow is a good word, keyword. And I'm a, I'm a believer and who can, I don't know anyone that doesn't like that word. It's just a, just a nice word, clean word, short, sweet, easy. I've had issues with that word, to be honest. Uh, what's that? Not a flow fan. Uh, well, as someone who is more characteristically a little awkward, I've struggled with flowing I, I, a little bit. Let's put it that way. Um, but I would say that you're one of the more um, charismatic poker players. I think that's partly to do, um, yeah, you come off across very, very warm and friendly. I don't know if that exactly has much to do with flow, but uh, yeah, I would say you've got a certain flow too, for lack of better words. Uh, oh, I could I could throw in a lot uh, a lot of better words actually, but now that I think about it, but. Uh, yeah, for us more awkward people, um, got nothing wrong with the flow, nothing wrong with the flow word, just working on how to flow as well as some of our smoother 
counterparts of sorts. Fair enough, Jungle. You got you got good 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 flow, bro. You're you're, you're smooth. You're making. You're shaking and baking. You're in the right mix. All right. Scene. Doing the right things. I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, discount your flow. You guys. All right. Thank you. That means a lot from the guy who has the flow show. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to be bragging about that. If anyone says anything about anything about me being awkward, I'm going to be referencing you. Um, I'll endorse your flow. Is there anything I've left out that you would like to talk about? Um, not really. I mean, just that I, yeah, I have a podcast, Jeff Gross podcast. I also Jeff Gross poker on the Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter across the board. So I, I put out a fair amount of content as we've talked about. Um, I'm working on a pretty big project in poker in content. So that's something that's been a few years now, kind of getting things organized, lined up, laid out. And, you know, I, I'm a, I, I'm a big believer. You know, it makes a lot of sense. I heard this a long time ago. It's like important not to talk so much, right? Deliver execute and then like whatever oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that puts pressure on it also you know brings energy that is sort of like you know you can have people that that are don't want you to be successful or whatever so in general i'll just say that i'm working on a project i'm excited about it is moving forward nicely and the right things are shaping up and um you know i think that i will have i think there's a few people in poker you could say have made poker like significantly more enjoyable better or have done something that's like stamps it right pokernews.com you know, stuff that's like big or constant that's still around. So you know, I feel that I have something that's unique, that's exciting, that's relevant current. And, you know, I really think that partly basically living content myself, like seeing what I like, what I, what doesn't work, what I want to see more of, less of feedback I've gotten. I don't think there's many more well-positioned than myself to kind of know what, what, what is missing, what would be successful. And, you know, that, that to me is like a passion project that I want to bring to fruition. And, um, that I, that I'm confident will be cool and good. And, you know, hopefully will be for the next 10, 20, 30 years around that people are using and like, and enjoy, uh, and that is scalable and whatever. So that's, um, you know, that's my, that, that's my thing. I, I like I said, that, not really like, uh, no statement on when, what exactly just understand it's in content. I'm working on it. I'm involved. And I think that, you know, people are going to like to see it and it'll be coming. They'll be hearing more about it in the, the relatively near future you know that's that's the goal i don't want to say a firm date or anything but i would say like very very confidently in 2022 you'll hear about this and hopefully be using it and seeing it and uh part of it so there you go jungle you got an exclusive you got a release like a an official sort of first statement on that on your show you got a podcast podcast exclusive so there you go all right you guys heard it from the captain of the flow show himself something is coming and it's going to it's going to rock the poker world mildly and it's going to be potentially a big deal uh but for the moment it's under it's a little bit understated until the big reveal it's a good way of putting it as well john well hopefully you're involved i know i've mentioned in reference to you i know you know what i'm alluding to so uh, i do some, some big big uh big stuff with that hopefully and again i just think it's like again passion it's coming from the right place the heart i think it'll be good i think it's needed i think it's it's what people want to see and and, and uh how they want to view content and whatnot so we'll just leave it at that we'll reconnect on that soon and and yeah that, that's really it that's all i got that's all i got for you right now um and uh, excited about party poker millions coming up being streaming a bit i haven't streamed much i was in the world series with, with you had a couple final tables it was nice gonna be back online a bit and um that's that's it. Hopefully, COVID, this new variant, and all this stuff. Hopefully, the world's able to push through and, and stay get open and, and be relaxed. But um, you know, we'll see what happens. Twenty twenty two. I think we're all anyone's guess is as good as the others on what's going to happen and how things will go. But just being hopeful, and uh, you know, should be good. Yeah, definitely. People want to see that passion and less of COVID variants. We don't want to. I don't want to hear anything about COVID variants or any of that and exactly yeah um oh one more thing you were involved in some philanthropic endeavors are you is any of that uh, passion like are you passionate about any of that now uh is there any particular endeavors that uh it's the word that that you're particularly interested in 
Yeah, so on my website, if you go to jeffgirlspokery.com, there is a charitable section where I do show charities I've either worked with or, or done stuff with. So you know, not like I said, we had a conversation about this in person in Vegas, um, mm-hmm. which we had a slight, I guess, not you know, different views, not necessarily disagreement. Like I'm a big believer in, you know, I, I want to work hard, spend the first, you know, the next, I don't want to say like divide my life into two, but let's just say the next 10, 15 years of working hard, grinding, hopefully, you know, making an extra uh, obscene amount of money. That would be cool. Like, you know, it's kind of a game. It's fun. And if you do something that's good at helping people and you make money, it's great. And then ultimately give a lot away. You see guys like Bill Gates and all these people giving away like hundreds of Zuckerberg, hundreds of million and, and understanding where they can try to make a big difference. So I'm not going to say I'm not doing anything charitable. And then just like, I'm just going to one day, hopefully make a ton of money and give it all away. I mean, that's one way to kind of think, but in the same token, sure. I've worked with Michael Phelps on, you know, his charity foundation. We opened, I think the the 50th school or the last state, we we did a $20,000 raise in a week on the the Twitch marathon stream. Oh, really? uh, Reg charity. I've done stuff with, um, you know, my wife's brought, they have a, a rehab facility in a small town in Brazil done some stuff with them. I've, I've done stuff. Like I'm doing stuff along the way here and there. Doing lots of stuff. Like, You're doing lots of stuff. I'm doing like parts of, of doing, giving like when I can some, what I can, but nothing that's like going to change the world at the moment. But that would be my, I would love to, there would be nothing more I'd love to do than, than be super successful and then like give back in, in ways that are really obviously rewarding and helping the world. Like, I think that's kind of the dream, but you know, in the meantime, I'm doing some, a bit of stuff when I can, what I can. And then, you know, my ultimate plan and goal would be to, you know, hopefully give a lot and, and do a lot of stuff like a little later on, but I gotta, I'm a big believer. You gotta put your mask on first. You know, you gotta do your stuff, get your life in order. You know, there's also like that argument about family and friends or other loved ones or like even in a city, you know, versus like, Oh, why are you going to help? You know, where I grew up in Ann Arbor, there's like, poverty and, and stuff right everywhere has issues and so like why go to you know africa or why go to uh india <laughs> help your own people but at the same time you could say those need it the most so like it's it's like every it's just like where vax anti-vax everyone's got their opinion on like what's right and wrong something that speaks to your heart or how you want to do it's not right or wrong it's just a matter of you know i think ultimately you want to be a net positive in the world do your best help people help be, be help yourself help others and um you know, I think charity is great. I think it's, it's, it's amazing to be, be generous whenever you can, you know, and, and whatever that means, you know, whether it's small or big, but ultimately I think to summarize would be, I would love to do like some huge passion projects when I get to a point where I feel like, you know, the faucet's fully on things are really humming business. Everything's tucked away. Kids stuff's all in order. Uh, all the stuff's organized. And then it's like, all right, now I, I can really feel free to like generously just be, overly generous. That's the way I kind of look at it. Um, but I, I think that, you know, that, that's my, that's my view on charity. I agree with you completely about, well, I believe you said having your mask on or putting your mask on. Uh, so I haven't heard that. What's what's that, uh, that way of saying it before, but it, it reminds me of the saying, if you want to change the world, change yourself first, which is absolutely true. That's a big part of it. Uh, I aspire also to change the world. And one thing that really hit me one day was that, you know what? I may never actually reach world changing power, but uh, it makes sense to start doing stuff while I can, which is it's, it's good to see that you you've been doing stuff like that all along. I, I didn't know the extent of your uh, endeavors, actually, but that's kind of what got me started. Uh, it you can see we seem to disagree a little bit on, uh, to some extent, disagree a little bit on where we're helping, as I've been like hopping around Africa and whatever. But uh, no, I know that's why I referenced those places, and like I said, that's amazing. And and I think like listen, one drop. You know, I went with the Antonio Asfandiari in 2012 when he won the one drop. We went down to El Salvador and Honduras, and I went with Phil Locke as well. Like three of us, it was really? opening. Yeah, we were there. We drove through like the crate, you know, over the borders, crazy stuff. Like seven people in a little hut, no running water. No way. But no one had water. Um, and or we're running working water and like that was eye-opening and like wow you know that's fucking crazy these is like legitimately don't have water like in this program that's done generating five million ten million whatever it's done now and it's going to great causes so like 
that's the kind of stuff that I'm, I'm not saying that, oh, that's not like those, that's super important. But my point is someone might argue, well, you know, are these kids and there's dogs and rescue, like there's always stuff that needs to be done. That's why if like everyone's a net positive, take care of yourself and then find some stuff that you can help or be beneficial. That's going to, that's, that's goes a long way, but there are massive problems in the world with education, with water, with other stuff, sanitary. I mean, you know, you look at the billions of people right in the world, 8 billion call it. And how many have that don't have running water or stuff like there's big problems. And like seeing Bill Gates or uh, Mark Zuckerberg and these guys give 500 million or billions of dollars, like is important. And it's going, I'm sure it's going a long way, but you know, it's like, it's also not a good way to think, well, you know, if I don't, you know, I can't make a change because yeah, raising 20 grand or one grand or $200 or go fund me for someone that's in trouble. Like that matters. That is important. Like I was saying, like I do go fund me's a bunch for people, or if I see causes and poker and stuff that's happening, um, you know, I, I try to do when I can stuff. If I see it come up, or I know someone who's legitimate, credible, has something they're passionate about. You know, I'm happy to try to help even if it's small, because I do think it matters. My point is, um, you can't judge someone what they're doing. Like you, you can't say, oh, jungle shouldn't do this. He should focus on that. Or this guy shouldn't do that. Or this money should be spent this way. Cause ultimately that's, imp it's important for you to have passion and, and be alert to what's happening and, and try to do the best you can. That That's what I'm saying. So I, I, I commend you. I know what you're doing. I think it's great. You know, I don't know, again, like whether you're in, in Kenya, Nairobi or Ethiopia or Somalia, like how do you choose that or the other? Or why is one more important? Like it doesn't, you just can only do so much, right? So it's like, you got to find something that speaks to you and, and go for it. And that's great. And you are, you know, you've done very well in poker and otherwise, and you know, you're, you feel like you're in a place that you're able to, to contribute significantly. That's amazing. And I'm just saying like me personally, you know, I look at like what's right or wrong, right? It's a different formula. What, what our net worth, however you look at, it, I have no idea what your net worth is exactly. You don't know mine. So it's like, maybe you're giving more proportionally or not, but like, ultimately it's just about doing your best. And you know, I don't think, um, you know, that one's not right or wrong. It's like, you just want to be a good person and, and ultimately give, give back and uh, different places, different times of, of people's lives. And, and um, you know, you, you try to do your best. I think that's the best way to say it, at least in my opinion. I think there's a lot of value to having that mindset. I wish a lot of people had more of the mindset that of what you're of what you're emulating. I should say. Um, I think this is mm, it's a bigger discussion topic on the whole, like how much you should give, et cetera, et cetera, um, and what kind of causes people should should support. But definitely, if people have passion and they're actually working towards towards supporting in a positive way that's commendable in and of itself 